Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. So this is the second half of an episode that is quite different than usual. We invited our listeners to ask us anything. And originally this was meant to be just one episode, but somehow we managed to go over by a whole hour. So we decided to make it into two special Christmas episodes. As Sandra mentioned, this is very different than our usual art podcast. So if you've tuned in for the very first time, this episode probably isn't the one to judge us on. But Normal Style will resume on the 13th of January. We hope you enjoy the episode. Deb Sane, she says, anything? With about 500 question marks afterwards. So I was, I was kind of almost relieved she didn't actually follow that up with a question. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what that would have been? Yeah, so, so then we've got Mumsy Savo and she says, I've got one. What's the difference between copyright slash plagiarism and using an image you see on Google or elsewhere for inspiration as you're not actually getting monetary value? So I think she means you're not selling the end work. You're yeah. just... Yeah. <clears throat> well, there's 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 a very big difference. Um, right. Let's start with plagiarism. So plagiarism, um, that is basically claiming that you drew something when it wasn't your work. It was the work of someone else. So as an example, if you find an image, say, on the Internet that you like and then you posted it and said that you drew it or sort of implied that you drew it or you didn't make it clear that the work wasn't your own that is plagiarism and copyright infringement that is when you use someone else's work without first obtaining their permission so for example somebody recently asked my permission to use an image of one of my paintings for a magazine article and if they had just used that without getting my written permission first that would be uh, copyright infringement But using someone else's work as an inspiration or, say, copying it from a tutorial, well, that's fine. As long as you say, this is a tutorial I did from this link, you know, you link to that tutorial or you you credit them for as the person who inspired you. Um, So that's that's really important. Copying someone's work outright is a very shady area, because even though you painted it, you're copying someone else's vision completely. So I would say that veers towards copyright infringement, uh, plagiarism, all sorts. It's just being inspired by someone and copying, I think, are two very, very different things. Well, I was going to say, actually, what you just said, the M1. I think if, for example, you see somebody's work online that you love Mm. and you decide you want to paint as closely as you can their image... Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah, if you're um, using but, it as a learning thing. Yeah, if you're le- using it as a learning thing, but don't then either without their permission or either don't post it online, full stop, you've just used it for your own benefit to learn, or just tell them that I've used this inspiration. Is it okay if I post it online just tagging you and saying I've copied your work to learn from, like you said before? So you think you've always got a credit if you've used... 
if you've used somebody's work that's not, they've not given it away, as in, because if you can go to a royalty-free library, it's free royalty-free, and basically the people have given away almost, haven't they, their rights to those photos. Yeah. So I think they... But you still can't say that that's your photo. No, of course not. You can't say it's your photo. You can't say, I I took that photo. No, but if you were using that as inspiration for your painting, you don't necessarily have to give them a credit. No. I mean, Um, the easiest thing really is if, if you're... If you've put a drawing down and it's not absolutely your own work, it's just important to say, this is where I copied this work from, or yeah. this is this is where I got this image from. I really liked it, so I copied it, and it belongs to so-and-so. There is a kind of shady area where, you know how you said someone asked to use your picture from the magazine? Mm, yeah. Well, there's a shady area online with blogging. Uh, and that is, there's a, a thing they call fair use. I think it's more in America they have that term. But it, say, for example, you someone loved your work, say, for example, and they put it on their blog but said, I love the work of Sandra Busby. Here is one of her paintings. Yeah. Now, yes, it would have been nice for them to ask you before they did it. But there's that shady area of what they call fair usage or something where you're not yeah. actually implying something's yours. And to be honest, you'd probably really like it, as long as they link back. Yeah. Because they're almost selling you, aren't they? Yeah. You know, so yeah, there is a, a weird thing. I look up fair usage as well. Yeah, yeah. So I hope that answers that. Alan Green, he says, is the hokey cokey really what it's all about? <laughs> And I would say in the world of Tara and I, yeah, I reckon it yeah. is. <laughs> well, I think it's someone who's had too much to drink and meant to say okie dokie. Has he had too much hokey cokey, maybe? <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah, that'd be even better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Bradley Bergen, what era and area would you travel to and who would you then study under slash with? Does it mean study under? As in, ha study under. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, that's an easy answer then. John Meyer, he's very nice. <laughs> All right. Well, I was going to say, I like electricity iPads and hair dryers too much, so I would either stick with now or take a little trip to the future, I think. Um, I don't really... I don't really... Ha- like we said, but we haven't got favourite artists as such. I don't know, but I think Picasso or Keith Haring would have been really interesting to learn from, although I think Picasso was supposed to have been not very nice, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. But it yeah. would have been really interesting to see how he worked and, and the madness yeah. kind of. And Keith Herring, I love those kind of doodly figures he does. So it would have been interesting to see how he came up with those. Well, I wouldn't want to travel back in time because the idea of wearing a corset in a bustle, <laughs> I really don't like the idea of that. Um, and having to be chained to a kitchen sink for my entire life surrounded by a hundred children i wouldn't like that either no (laughs) so i would not be traveling back at all i don't think people were all that nice back then either were they um i'm not sure i want to be going into the future either because maybe there'd be no such thing as pencil and paper anymore and everyone would just be doing everything digitally so i think i wouldn't travel into any other era i think i'll play it safe and stay right where i am thank you very much um but I know I mentioned John Myatt, didn't I? But actually, yes, I think I would love to have studied under 
John Mayer because he has mastered so many different styles so I could learn a ton of stuff from him he was going back to what I said before he was the one that was the art forger extremely successful art forger unfortunately well not unfortunately he got caught and went to prison (laughs) um and now he he's done his time he he comes out and he does these um he calls them genuine fakes and that's how he signs them so he'll do like a fake Monet but he'll put on the back this is a genuine fake by John Myatt and actually I was in Tunbridge Wells uh, a couple of months ago and one of his original paintings um was in there and it was a I think it was a Van Gogh was it a Van Gogh I think it might have been a Van Gogh Oh, it's just amazing to be in front of something he'd done. And I would have loved to have bought it if I just had, like, you know, a spare six grand in my pocket, you know. Oh, whatever it was. But, yeah, I think he would be a perfect person to study under because he just has got so many different... He's had to learn so many techniques, so he'd... Yeah. But he paints his own stuff. Do you think he paints his own... Oh, I'm probably... I don't know, actually. That's that's a question that I would love to know uh, the answer of. see if he'll come on. I don't know if John Should we be discussing this on the podcast, should we? We could. We could ask. We could always ask. You can always say no. But, yeah, area-wise, I don't think it matters because I'm a still-life painter, so I really don't think... There's a particular area that I'd want to travel to, wherever John Mayer is, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Cheryl Martin, and she says, what do you do with all these random stuff that we create? My poems are c- contained easily, but all these canvas tiles, mixed media paintings, etc. I'm being overrun and don't know what to do with it all. Mm, yeah. That's a good question, I think. I guess that's where lofts come in quite handy, isn't it? I would say never throw things away because one day, even if they're not precious to you, they'll be precious to someone. Um, I guess if you're just practising and not wanting to hang the work you're doing, why not just use a canvas board or even mixed media paper instead of canvases? And that way, at least you can just store them in a flat sort of folder or a sleeve. But another idea, actually, is... um, there are lots of people that say, oh, I'm not happy with this. I really like this part of my painting, but the rest of it I don't like. So I saw someone once and they were going through all of their old paintings that they didn't like, but they didn't really want to throw away. I think they were actually watercolours. But what they would do is they would get a little viewfinder and they'd find an area on that piece of work that they really love. And it might just be a load of splashes of colour or that... I don't know, or just part of a painting, maybe, I don't know, a few inches across and a couple of inches wide. And they'd make it into like a greetings card or a gift tag, um, that kind of thing. Or they'd cover their sketchbooks, you know, so they're using it. It's not going to waste, but they're making something of it. So that's another idea if you've got a pile of paintings that you've got that you but what do you do do with the painting then what do you do with the original do you paint over it do you get rid of it no what that's what i'm saying you could if you don't like the original if you don't like the painting find yeah but do you you you, get rid of the painting after you've taken the photo oh i yeah if it was me i wouldn't even if i didn't like it then i probably would i'd probably just literally cut into it make something out out. yeah and then get rid of the other bit but you could you could keep a photograph of it but if you don't like it I i think i say don't throw things away but obviously if it's something you hate and it's just you know you can keep you can keep stuff and keep stuff and at the end of the day like you say where do you stop yeah no 
I mean, I, I definitely throw stuff away. Mm. So <clears throat> I go through, I've done it recently, because just, I just look through and I think, you know, I don't like that. There's actually, it's just on paper, it's not on canvas, because obviously you can reuse canvas if you've got a canvas you don't like. Mm. But I just look, no, I don't like that. I don't want to keep it. I don't particularly want anybody to find it in the future. <laughs> I don't like it now, you know. So, yes, I get rid of it. I put it in the recycling. Um, and, sometimes, and then I've got other stuff. And sometimes, you know, I just take photos of stuff. So, yeah. you know, so I've got a photo. Even if I did decide I don't mind it. Or maybe I don't want to keep it. But maybe I want a record of it. So then I'll take yeah. a photo of it. Yeah. But then I've also got a cupboard that I've got. I actually took, you know, all those colourful faces i've did yeah i've done one recently i've got a couple with stack of those in and i'm thinking what the hell am i going to do with these there's some i put in a portfolio so i've got like a you know a a2 portfolio i stuck stuff some stuff in <laughs> very carefully <laughs> but, then, but then i'm thinking what am i going to do with all these a4 thing and i think i might just put some on etsy someone like that and obviously you don't want to do that if you don't really don't like something and whether they'll sell or not is another matter but you could try giving some away or selling some yeah you've got nothing you've got nothing to lose have you i mean you could donate paintings to something like a hospice or a hospital or i don't know a dental surgery look here's some work i'm getting rid of it is is it any use to you to put on your walls especially things like old people's homes and things like that i mean to they they don't splash out on artwork for the wall, really, do they? They haven't got the money to do that. So that kind of thing could be quite a nice thing to do, to donate to somewhere yeah. like that. Or even to auction off. I, I vaguely remember, I can't exactly remember, that my mum, from years and years ago, had one of my old watercolour paintings, and she said, can I stick this in, like, they had a little village auction or something, mm. you know, to raise money, and I said, yeah, yeah, you can have it. So she put that in there. They only got, you know, a few quid for it, but it was something. Yeah. You know, I didn't want it. Mm. No, so there are sorts of things you can do. Yeah, just use your imagination. Somebody sent me a bookmark once that they'd made out of a piece of painting they didn't like. It was a lovely bookmark. That's <laughs> and nice. they'd laminated it. They yeah. just laminated this this strip of painting. And I thought that was a really good idea as well. Yeah, I mean your yeah. idea of covering books, even though I hate that, that's quite nice. A sketchbook yeah. one. Yeah. Because it can, you can sort of, it can be a painting of something, but actually, when you take a small area of it, it becomes an abstract, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know. Uh, do you want to read the next one? Okay, I've got C. M. Aldous who says, "What other artists do you admire, voraciously envy the talent of, and why?" Do you want to go first? I'm just trying to think. Oh, um, all right, I'll go first. Then. Yeah. Okay, so I've already mentioned a few artists, haven't I, in already? Mm. But but like you, for urban sketching type stuff, especially of people, I love Koshikuna's stuff. Mm. I just like I, I saw a thing she did the other day, and she said had time for a ten minute drawing, and it was I don't know if it was a cafe or somewhere, but it's just these people in it watercolor. I'm thinking ten minutes. <laughs> You've done that in ten minutes. <laughs> It was yeah. so good. You know, it's it like kind of really loose. And it was almost virgin on cartoony, but not quite. Yeah. But mm. I just thought, oh, I love that. And then Lynn Chapman, who we've... Oh, actually, Kosher we've had on the podcast, so go check that one out. We've also had Lynn Chapman on the podcast, and she does the most amazing people urban sketches. Absolutely love her stuff. And most recently, we've had Ian Fenley, his buildings... Oh, I'm in awe of his buildings. Totally in awe. Mm. 
Uh, and then there's people on Instagram, apart from the people I've already mentioned. So there's a woman who goes by the name of Bluebird Dada Art, and she does really stylized people. Absolutely love those. And I've also recently found the work of an artist on Instagram called Lewis Rosignol, and he creates abstract people. He seems to be in the kind of same realm as Deb Weir's. Yeah. And I just, what I love about it is that we all feel that we should do these things on canvas and in paint. And I have this problem because I feel like sometimes that, not that I'm not creating proper art, proper art but I'm more of a sketch artist. Yeah. And, but he does stuff and they're just on a bit of lime paper and they're really grungy, abstract faces. And he might have cut out a bit of photograph and stuck that on. And I saw him put a comment on one of his things saying, I always want to be able to use, you know, like proper paint, like wet media, but it will never do what I want it to. So he doesn't use it hardly. But I absolutely love it. Mm. so go check him out i'm boring you now no I? no not at all no, I'm, I'm actually really what i'm i tried i kind of made a note because i want to have a look at his stuff all right yeah it's a very grungy very yeah, uh, abstract yeah. um i am going to mention two people um people that i sort of looked at their work for years now crystal cook is one of them have you ever seen the work yes, of crystal I have. cook yeah her work is just wow it's it's literally got a soul i can't believe she's more of a portrait i mean she does beautiful still lives i mean she's just a natural but she also i think she mainly does sort of portraiture she used to do almost all watercolor um and then she tried some oils funny enough the water soluble oils we were talking about um and she just literally effortlessly just transferred from one medium to another and well, she just... I, I can't explain it. Everything she paints is so tender and, and I don't know a more talented portrait artist. I don't. She's amazing. So if you haven't seen her work, you really should. I was um, just going to say about her, her watercolours absolutely amaze me because I've seen her... I think I interviewed her on the old podcast I used to have. Did you? What, yeah, Crystal Cook? Yeah, I think you oh. put me in touch. Okay. Yeah, but she does... She was saying how I remember, yeah, because I remember her saying how it was her children and stuff that really inspired her. I think, yeah, as well. she's painted portraits of her children like um, when they were tiny babies, and then on to when they're sort of three or four, and just amazing. But the watercolors—you look at them, and you wouldn't know they're watercolors because, no. like you were saying before about making your darks dark, yeah. she really does make her darks dark on the watercolors. She does. And you look at them, and watercolor usually has that. You can usually tell something's a watercolour, yeah. but you wouldn't actually know. And I mean this in a good way. You wouldn't know it was watercolour. It just looks so realistic. It's very, very um, intense the way yeah. she uses it and, and just covered in love of her paintings. It's just amazing. So, yeah, definitely her. I've yet to to meet a more talented portrait artist for sure. Um, Carrie Waller as well. Carrie Routes Waller. She is amazing, um, also watercolour artist, and she is a still-life artist, and she kind of likes similar subjects to what I do, so she paints a lot of glass. Um, She's just got this amazing control over this watercolour, though I've not seen that before. With watercolour, I've always thought, really, that it's 
it's one of those things you kind of almost have to let it control you rather than you control it. But she has got a magic brush, I think, because hers, she paints incredibly realistic realism paintings of objects with watercolour and I don't know how she does it, but she's a real, real talent. Amazing. Yeah, so those two. I'm going to stick with those two, I think. Okay. Right, next one. Uh, oh, you can read this out. It's a long one. <laughs> I'm not Margaret good at reading. Gray. Margaret, you don't like reading out the long no, ones. No, I don't. Do <laughs> Margaret Gray, she says, I have a question about copyright. I understand pretty well about photos that are recent and will use sites like Pixabay or Unsplash. I will also share and share alike and give credit or use the proper licenses. Where things get tricky is when using vintage photographs. I imagine that where a photographer has been named, there might still be copyright or at least credit should be given. What about when you don't know who the photographer is and the photo is over 50 years old? I really love old photos and I would love to use them as a reference. Now, we, we don't know that much about this at the moment, do we? I mean, no. I, I have a vague recollection, but I don't know this, but it was definitely more than 50 years that copyright existed, I thought. I thought it was 100. I thought it was 75, but there we go. Actually, that, no, but, actually, no, I think you're right. I think it is 75. But it may have changed, so mm. I don't know. And then there's also implications that I know, for example, like, uh, is it Beatrix Potter? If it's kind of held within a company... Mm. there's other right i know obviously you wouldn't use beatrice potter's art but what i mean is she created it and it might be more than the copyright time but because a company has ownership of it mm. it's different so it lasts longer but what we're going to try and do and what what i think we've just got someone to do it is we've got a u.s um sort of copyright trademark licensing expert and we're going to hope to get him on the show in the new year so hopefully he'll be able to answer your question because we don't want to give you wrong information no exactly i don't want to do that um okay so we have chaco kid my drawing and painting are getting better but i still lack depth i need more help working out tones and being able to see and use them better can you brilliant ladies help a girl out oh, since you are so nicely <laughs> yeah well, i definitely think this is one for you because i think you you paint much more Realism, I think, that would apply to it. Okay, well, um, as I said earlier, I think I don't shy, shy away from making the darkest areas really, really dark. And I think that's really important because there needs to be that real contrast between the lightest lights and the darkest darks so that you do get that depth. Also, make sure you're really, really looking at your subject. So, for example, and I'm talking, she's talking about depth and tone. So... Um, as an example, if, if there was a white fridge sitting just inside an open black door, okay? So picture that. You've got a white fridge behind a black door and you can sort of see the white fridge behind it. Now, a beginner would paint the door black and the fridge white. But is it? Is it really? So say, for instance, the sun is pouring through the window onto the door and the fridge is in shadow behind the door, well, then the black door will then be lighter than the white fridge. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So don't assume anything. It's so important to really to not label colours as that's black, that's purple, that's yellow, that's white, because it's all about the light that's hitting it. That's, that is what decides what colour you should use. 
and it's all about tone tone is actually much much more important than color ever will be it's all about tone so as long as you're being true to the tone you see in front of you then you you will improve you can actually get um i don't know what they're called but they're like long strips of it's a gray scale um so going from white to black and all you know about 10 different tones in between if you were to get one of those what you can then do is you can look at the tone in front of you and compare it to the tones on your strip and then that will show you what tone you should be using on your painting so you can do that i mean eventually you'll get to know anyway you you'll just you won't need anything like that but if you're sort of a beginner that's a good way of, of helping i, I hope think, that helps yeah i think we discussed once and i think it's something we've both done in the past like when i learned at 14 when i was on the watercolor course years and years ago one of the first things we did was do a study that was purely in one color and i think we used sepia at the time mm. so I had to paint a landscape and then that really lets you see which bits are lighter and you're not worrying about color then you're purely concentrating on lights and darks and you've done mm. that as well haven't you yeah yeah i think that's a very good exercise actually to do and i think also it's, it's thinking of things and obviously i don't paint like you do but thinking of uh less detail at the back more detail at the front yeah definitely because everything Absolutely. goes more out of focus doesn't it as you get further further at the back it was the last week we spoke about our te- our um sketching in london yeah. and we, we sketched sort of a queue of people and the way to, you didn't sort of think your queue had enough depth yeah and I, and I think what you ended up doing is making the person closest to you darker than the person furthest away and that that worked didn't it yeah it definitely so pulled us forwards like yeah mm. Mm. okay then we've got otterly boutique and they say, what inspired you to start kicking the creatives? And I think we sort of covered this. <laughs> you haven't finished. Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Shall I do Don't that again? Don't the most important bit. All right, Kay. It's an outstanding resource for me. And can't thank you enough for the endless inspiration, Sarah W. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, that's lovely to hear. What inspired us to start it is one thing, um, but what inspires us to keep doing it is people like you who say such nice things about it. Yeah, but also thinking about it, we started the podcast obviously because we got on and clicked, but then yeah. it was because I think both of us realised how useful challenges were, didn't we? Yeah to build in that creative habit and to get you drawing, painting, creating, whatever. Mm. And I think we were looking around and we'd see all these challenges online. So, for example, you've got things like Inktober. And I think so the real big ones you perhaps do, you can find out about quite easily, but then there'd be all these others. We think, you know, where are these coming from? What do you have to do? There'd just be a tag. There'd be no, no easy way of finding out. So we thought we're going to create something where we'll list those big challenges, but then we'll also have our own. And so there'll be something every month. It won't be, I'll wait till October to do Inktober. It'll be, you, if you want to, you can do something in January. If you want to do, you know, you can do it all throughout the year. And I think that was part of it as well, wasn't it? Yeah, just encouraging people to um, 
have a, a creative habit and it's because you you'd been a graphic designer hadn't you for 20 odd years or more and and you had just started getting back into drawing which was what you loved in the first place well before you started graphic design but you'd kind of drifted away from that because of your job hadn't you yeah and and you needed something to help you get back to what you were doing before you know and and I wanted to love it again yeah. because I I so I done graphic design it's one of those things where like you know the builder doesn't want to go home and mend his house mm. and wh- whereby I would actually sit and I would create little characters and do everything digitally so but I'd always have this commercial focus in my head and what I wanted to be able to do was just do that thing where I used to like just sitting with a pencil doodling or scribbling um or, you know, even painting. And I just didn't like it anymore, which is kind of weird when it's a thing that got me into doing what I was doing. Mm. And that first, the first challenge we did where we were having the, you know, the creative drinking one, does does alcohol <laughs> make you more creative? That's when we, when I drew that bottle and I thought, oh, you know, I quite like this again. And But it felt quite alien yeah. to draw like that, to actually, because I'd scribble, and, it'd scribble ideas for graphics, but not actually try and shade something or anything like that. Mm. So, yeah, it was it was getting back into drawing that. And I think and you'd done challenges in the past, like the one you did with that other artist, hadn't you? Now, I did the 75 Days Sketch Challenge and I did Inktober. Um, what Kicking the Creative has done more for me is because, obviously, I'm a painter. I spend a lot of time on my paintings and if I've got spare time I would be in front of the easel but what that led to really was a sort of neglect to all the other things you know the fun little things that you could do without too much of a care in the world like sketching outdoors and you know just sketching people and just having fun with a pencil and that's what I wanted to put a bit of love into that really that's I think what has what I've most enjoyed about kicking the creators I think yeah, I think what we've been quite surprised by as well is that how it's helped people from a mental health standpoint because I don't think either of us really anticipate that. Although we know it helps kind of us feel better, hmm. people are really using it, um, I guess, as a, a kind of, a, I guess, escapism or and it's a community thing as well. So you've yeah. got friends there and non-judgmental friends i guess as well it's almost become like a big family hasn't it even though now we're well like well over a thousand i've got what how many are there now uh, nearly 1200 you're sounding yeah. like we're x factor you realize that we're one big family <laughs> <laughs> no but you know what i'm saying is i suppose there are now names that pop up on the feed that are just so familiar now yeah it's you feel like, like you know them you've got the slippers you know the comfy slippers oh yeah you know you know exactly who's drawn it and yeah and then uh, you, then a pair of stilettos walks in <laughs> and then eventually they become slippers <laughs> it's great i love it <laughs> because they start feeling comfortable within the group and yeah. they're quite happy to then post something and say oh i hate this <laughs> or you know it, it's i love that i love that kind of that part of it but we have a question which intrigues me by Colin Pigeon, <laughs> and I'm intrigued because he's he seems to have aimed it solely at me because he's put Sandra Busby. If you can, should you? <laughs> no, I think I think you've got this in the wrong order, and I think this related to the copyright question. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. See, I, could I, be, 
I could be totally wrong, but there we go. <laughs> I thought that's a really cryptic question. If you can, should you? I think that related to, like I say, I think it related to the copyright thing about using photos, but I could be wrong too. No, I reckon he's just saying, if you can, should you? Oh, well, I think, you I think Colin, I think I get a vibe from Colin. <laughs> <laughs> so, Colin, I think if you can, should you? I think, well, if you don't, you might wish you had. Better to try things and regret them than not try anything at all. That's my answer. <laughs> but I'm totally um, and a result of any responsibility if anything goes wrong, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, that's like Kevin was talking about last night. He was saying that he was reading an article and it was about how you should say yes to more things. Yes. And it's very much like that. And I remember reading a book. I think the guy's name was Danny Wallace. Danny Wallace? I don't know if I've got that right. But it was kind of... So he'd say yes for a year to anything people asked him. Yeah. And someone else has done that. And I would never do it. But... Basically, it was to kind of get you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's brave, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, no way. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, you know, I remember saying yes to something when I really would have... Uh, it would have come more naturally to me to say no. And that was when uh, Mike Young, or Youngman Brown, as he's known on his podcast, asked if I would be on his podcast. This was well before we met um, Tara. And um, I was terrified when he, he approached me and said, you know do you want to come on? Do you want to come on the show? I was like, uh, <laughs> how can I say no? But I, I just thought I couldn't do that. I'll be, I'll be terrified. Um, but my husband said, you, you should just do it. Just why, why don't you do it? Anyway, I, I did do it. And anyone that actually ever listened back to that interview, I was so petrified. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't myself really. I was just too busy having a heart attack. <laughs> But actually, because I said yes to that podcast, you heard that interview, didn't you? And that's what made you approach me to go on yours. And that's basically how kind of this all came about. So it just goes to show if you say yes, you never know what it can lead to. No, so, it's true. Mm, mm. So we've also got Colleen Beers and she says, favourite hot drink. I know yours. <laughs> hot <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> Hot chocolate with cream on the top. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favourite hot drink. I'm also a real coffee lover. I love coffee. And I bought a um, a bean-to-cup machine, so I love, you know, trying out new beans from new varieties. And, yeah, I love that. And partial to a mulled wine in the winter, I have to say. Oh, not me. As long as it, yeah, as long as it's hot, hot. I don't like it when it goes tepid. Oh, well, mine's tea. Hence the tea bag stuck to my face and... That other little video the other day. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do love a cup of tea. I can't start the day without a cup of tea. I have to have tea before I have anything else. So, yeah, cup of tea. Good normal tea with milk, not yeah, all fancy not, stuff. Yeah, yeah, not Earl Grey and all that. Ugh. And P- she, oh, PG oh, she, tips, PG tips. <laughs> oh, tes- Tesco. Did they no. get sponsorship for that? I don't know. What, from Tesco? No. <laughs> PG tips, yeah. Um, and Colleen also asked... And which inspires your creativity more, nature or man-made? Well, I guess for me it's got to be man-made, hasn't it? Because I tend to paint man-made objects. So, yeah, easy answer for that one. And I'd say it's a mix for me. I'd guess mainly nature, if you call people nature, Mm. because I like drawing people, maybe sometimes animals. But I also do like a bit of buildings every now and again, although I always say I like that and then I don't like it when I start. 
Nick Tay Tay West, she said, did I ask you anything already? Yes, you did, Nick. You did, but you've asked something else. You've said, what is the best way to deal with a cat that demands to sit on your artwork while you're drawing it? Well, have you ever seen those pencil sharpeners <laughs> that are shaped like a cat? <laughs> no. <laughs> that could be an idea. <laughs> uh, or Have you not seen those? You must know no, what I'm talking about. I haven't, no. Uh, okay. Google, Google a cat pencil sharpener and you'll know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. You Basically, you lift up the tail and you sharpen your pencil. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't really do that to your poor cat. Um, you could oh, use it as... Oh, no! I just... <laughs> what you mean the, the pennies dropped yeah <laughs> you could use it as something to wipe your brushes on or yeah, you could use its ears as pencil holders oh no oh, come on don't be cruel to cats oh no that's i cruel. love i love cats i love no, no cats. you don't <laughs> i'm a dog lover i'm sorry i'm a dog lover um i don't know what, what well, do I, would, do? I would i would say get a dog yeah get a dog yeah yeah does that answer <laughs> your question <laughs> So we also have Victoria Xiao Thane Chan. Hopefully I've spent... Or Tian Chan. Hopefully I've said that right. Um, This is interesting. Yeah. She says, Do you two ever have a standoff? And what happens when you do? Oh, it's <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? We have oh, it's standoff. very messy. Yeah. I don't think we've had a standoff. I'm sure we get peed off with each other sometimes. Well, I guess we definitely get peed off with you. Charming! <laughs> Charming. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think we have standoffs. We don't, we don't agree on everything. And I did put my foot down recently, didn't I? What did you say? Well, I put my foot down recently when you wrote a video or started oh, yeah. writing a video script, and I said I am not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Bearing in mind, I've had, I've had tights over my head. And I've done all sorts of weird stuff. Oh, I've been in bed with a hairnet on, but I said no to this one. Um, I'm not even going to... Shall I say what you were going to... You wrote yeah, that I should do. I thought it was a great well, idea. Okay. So Sandra thought it'd be a great idea to get inspired by the most unusual things. So she said she would go out into the woods and take a picture of an animal poo. That then I had to get inspired a bird by. Poo. It was going to be no, a No, you said poo. animal. <laughs> so it's bird. not happening anyway. <laughs> Either way, it's not happening. <laughs> I said I'd take a photo of the poo and that she'd have to um, use it as inspiration to, to draw a character. <laughs> and I said, you, no. you weren't really up for no, that, were I you? wasn't, no. Yeah, no. So do we have any other standoffs? I don't think we've ever had a standoff. Um, I think we have differing ideas sometimes, but generally, you know, when one of us points out that maybe that's not the best idea, I think the other one generally goes, yeah, yeah, no, you're right, actually, yeah, let's get get rid of that. I think generally we we think fairly similarly, I think, which I think is, is useful, but... I think yeah. sometimes it's actually useful when we think differently. Yeah. So, so, for example, I am absolutely shocking, and I know this, at wording things <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> when i word things they're quite tactless um just because i write things in very few words sometimes i mean someone even <laughs> this is quite embarrassing i had a message messenger through on uh kicking the crisis messenger and i think i was a bit i was trying to do something else at the time so i just quickly tried to answer this girl's message and she was asking me where i where she found information about something so i said oh yeah you can find it here sent her the link and then she asked me another question and again i did another 
quick three word answer. And then she said, Are you a robot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're famous for being blunt, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I see I'm the opposite. I'm a total waffler. So I'll write an essay. It's like sometimes in the past when we've been asked to write articles for a magazine or something and, you know, I've, I've chimed in with my bits and you've put your bits down and you've said, right, OK, I've just edited yours down a bit. <laughs> like <laughs> Half of it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> but it's right. That's how it should be to the point. But you're, yeah. the, other, you're the other way. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're, you're so to the point. It's like Rude. anyone who didn't know you would think, <laughs> oh, she's very standoffish, but you're not at all. It's just how you, you just right straight to the point don't you which makes yeah, sense so we have to do the opposite so if if for example we've got something that's a little bit sensitive that we need mm. to write an email for mm. either i have to send you what i've written for you to vet first <laughs> I do, yeah. or you have to send it you have to do it <laughs> yeah exactly okay we have got oh here's another one on copyright you know this is very very um like obviously a lot of people worry about this what about the copyright of our art we get to keep our name on it i hope this makes sense i presume she means do we need to, do we get to keep our name on it when i sell a painting i presume this is what you mean this is from angie safford by the way when i sell a painting i always add the copyright symbol to the back and i always state on the invoice that the copyright remains with the artist which it does anyway the copyright belongs to the artist unless they hand the rights over and that yeah. means basically that, say, for instance, I've I sold my painting recently of the hand holding a glass. Well, if the person who bought that painting then went on and used um, and gave somebody else permission to use that image on their painting to make leaflets for a nightclub or whatever, and then they made the money out of it, that you can't do that because although they own the painting, they don't own the copyright of the painting. So. That's a big no-no. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say pretty much the same thing. And and as soon as you create something, if it's original, you've automatically got copyright of it. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I said this earlier in the podcast, if it was off-air, but basically you can register copyright in the US. That was off-air, wasn't it? I yeah, said that. yeah. So, so if you're in the US or even in any other country, actually, you can register your copyright of a piece in the yeah. USA. Um, you can't in the UK. We're all, or you automatically get copyright, but you can't officially register it. And the only benefits of obviously registering something is there is like an official record that you created that yeah. thing. So you've got more proof. But one of the problems with all these things is, say, for example, I painted something, drew something, and a company saw it. I thought, do you know what? I'm going to use that. Well, they could they could go ahead, take my art, put it on T-shirts, put it on anything. And I could say, stop, you know, that's my artwork. And they could say, no. And then at that point, I can either try and, you know, name and shame. Maybe that will stop them. Or I can try and start the legal process by sending them what you call a cease and desist letter. And all that is, is a letter saying, you know, you are using that stuff. Please stop if you don't stop. I might take further action against you. And I've mm. actually received one of these letters before. Oh, really? Yeah, I received it. I used to have a blog called Graphic Design Blog. Yeah. And I'd created myself a logo completely independently and I got this cease and desist letter. And it was from another company and they were called, they were called Graphic Design something or other. 
but their logo looked a bit like mine. I had never seen their thing before. Oh, never right. seen so, their site. Yeah. But because you've got a G and D and the way I'd put them together, they've mm. done the same thing. It's just one of those random things where two letters work well together. Yeah. I'd done I'd done something similar to them. Yeah. And so it was basically stop using something we believe is similar to what we've created and they'd already trademarked it. So yeah. I just I just I just sent them a letter said, look, I'm completely unaware. I'd never seen your thing before, but I'm gonna change mine because, you know, I don't want any I don't want any hassle with this. No, it's no. not but yeah, so things like that can happen completely accidentally as well. So yeah. don't always think someone has necessarily people have the similar ideas all the time. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I say that the problem is, have you got the money then to fight something? So even if you can prove something's yours, have you got the funds? Is it worth it? Which yeah. is always that shame, I yeah. think, with things like this. <clears throat> yeah. So we have Mary Flynn. She says, what do you do for fun? Well, I find kicking the creatives fun. This is fun. Painting and sketching. That takes up most of my spare time, actually. Um obviously love painting that's my first love we love our sketching trips don't we tara yep um outside of this then i love traveling and i love scuba diving and snorkeling and i love eating out and we love going away for weekends away and um we're off to thailand um in as you know tara we're off to thailand in about nine days now so i can't wait because it's all about the food i think for thailand <laughs> we're going to a beautiful area beautiful beach and the palm trees and all the rest of it but there's street food so i reckon i'm gonna eat my weight in food every night probably when i'm out there so i love eating as well <laughs> I should be the size of a house, really. Yeah, it's very yeah. annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, but basically, outside of the art room, I just love travelling. Well, mine are quite boring, I think. I mean, I love kicking the creatives as well. So anything we do to do with that, I love recording the podcast and hmm. making videos sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like drawing and sketching, so I'll often go out with my partner and he'll mess about with his phone or read a paper or whatever and I'll sketch. I like listening to podcasts. I do that. I pop over and see my mum on a Saturday, so I'll listen to a podcast on the way and the way back. I love really simple things like my partner, most Friday nights and me, we, we just cook up a steak, steak and chips, good old steak and chips, a bit of pepper sauce, bottle of Prosecco, and we just have a great night. And it's just simple. I don't, don't like fancy stuff, to be honest. No, I don't think it needs to be, does it? No. Yeah, I was. Sometimes there's nothing nicer, is there, than putting your feet up next to a fire in the lounge with a nice cold beer and a film. And yeah. it costs virtually nothing. Yeah, I love it. I, I mean, I do, do occasionally like to go out and socialise. <laughs> but to be honest, it's quite often I just like being on my own. I'll tell you what else I love doing. I love visiting galleries. And I don't mean the big swanky ones in London, the ones with old, you know, Van Gogh and all that in it. I'm talking about the local ones, the ones where, you know, people local have hung paintings. Yeah. I love all that. I love that. Yeah. And I'm often very inspired by things like that. And actually what I love is the fact that my husband really lo- enjoys those sort of days out now as well. So... So, yes. Um, Okay, we have Laurie Hamaski. 
How are you able to find the time for all that you do with managing kicking the creatives, your work, your family, your art? I'm in awe of how you both seem to fit everything in. And that is such a good question and one I wish I had the answer to. Do you know, it's so difficult to juggle everything sometimes. And I'm hopeful that at some point I can cut my hours at work, which will be a big help when that happens. But when I do have, because I work from home, um, and when I do have quieter days in the office, that's when I often fit in some of the kick and the creatives admin stuff, because I'm in front of a computer anyway. So I can, I can kind of intertwine that into it, which is great. Um, I usually save one weekend day solely for my own painting and my own artwork and the other for kicking the creative videos. Um, and then generally speaking, I have the rest of the weekend with Paul to do the stuff that we like to do. But I think it's, it's basically just a case of spinning plates and getting really good at it. <laughs> I think prioritising is the secret. And Google Calendar, I don't know where I would be without Google Calendar. Do you have that, Tara? Well, I use that Todoist app we both got, so I tend yeah. to schedule stuff in there. Mm. I mean, but, I, I would say I haven't got family apart from Kevin, you know, so yeah. I've got the dog, so he takes up a little bit of time. So I haven't got to look after kids like I know some people will be doing. Mm. But I think, well, I've been really bad, really, and I'll totally admit this, I've neglected my graphic design business because I don't love it and I love kicking the creatives. So whereas I should have been out there trying to get more work, instead I've been focusing on kicking the creatives. Yeah, yeah. So I think something does end up giving and, and I've got to try and build up that a bit more, which I've been trying to do a bit more lately. But it's balancing this thing that you love with the things that you don't love, isn't it? Against the things that you have to do as well. Also, I do think it takes a lot of sacrifice to a degree because I know that for ages I keep thinking... I really need to go shopping. I've got, I've got, I need some new jeans. I've my, got a rip in my jeans and, you know, I need this and I need that. And I'm like, I haven't got time to do that. I have not got time to do that. Or it might be that I, we really should go and see these two friends because we haven't seen them for a while. But it's just, it's hard. Sometimes you do. I, I sacrifice perhaps time with people that I should and would like to spend more time with, but you can't always do it. You know, that's yeah. just life, isn't it? Sometimes you just have to say, I can't, I can't do this, I need to do this. And that's where the whole prioritising thing comes in. What actually has to be done this week? And if it's not done, it's going to create issues, it's going to create problems. And then what needs to be done after that? And then sometimes I'll have to, I'll then sacrifice maybe a bit of fun time doing some sketching just for myself to visit family or, or something like that. But that's not really a sacrifice because I want to see them. Yeah, I mean, I quite often, with kicking the creative stuff, like, I sat, I quite often sit in the evenings and I'll be doing little bits to do with that. Like, I sat there and wrote, because we're we're deciding what challenges we want to change next year and we're going to keep all the favourites, aren't we? We're going to change them. So we talked about it, we'd had a brief phone call in a day and then I just typed, I hope you've got that, actually. I typed up a list. Yeah. And so... I'll just sit and do stuff like that at night and I'll sit quite often, I'll do my podcast notes at night or I started making some graphics for next month that's going to go on the social media thing just for the Tuesdays, the questions. So 
do bits like that that I can sitting in front of the TV at night. So I'm still, you know, I'm still there with my partner, but he might be watching football or something. And so I'll be doing that. I've actually grown to love football now because that is when I can say, oh, okay, I'm going to go and do some editing. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that because I don't feel like, I don't feel guilty. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't want to watch football. So it's actually, sometimes I say to Paul, oh, is there football on this week? You know, you can get garage band on the iPad, I think. Yeah, no, I, I did. Well, I don't know how much room it would take up on there, and no, that's it's, true. It's and it, I don't think I could do that in amongst all the noise with the football. Oh, they, that's they, true. You could, they could scream do. at the yeah. TV. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> John Munro. He has asked a very interesting question, and this was the last question to come in actually, and it's probably a really good question to end with. So he says, where does KITC plan to be in 2021 and 2023? I wonder why he's picked those particular years. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. So what about, what do you think? Well, I think, as I said before, I think in 2021, I'd like us to maybe collaborating with other artists and maybe creating courses that work alongside the challenges. Um, so, for example, say we've got February faces in February. Yeah. Maybe we would get together with some of the artists who whose sort of speciality is doing faces and we'd create some sort of course so that people could automatically do the, do the challenges they do now. But if they wanted to, they could have this extra thing that went with it. And that might be maybe that would have to be a paid thing or maybe we'd be able to get sponsorship, maybe from some art companies or something. It all depend where we are at that point, wouldn't it, really? Yeah, I think but, I think we do want to do some courses, don't we? We just KITC has, has been such a huge undertaking, really. When we started it, we weren't really aware of just how much time it was going to take so it is a good job we both love it because I always thought oh well we'll do it for a year and see where we're at and see how we feel but actually then after that we've always been saying haven't we in five years time in five years time so it's very clear that I think we're both on the same page where and we both know that if one of us said actually I don't want to do this anymore um I wouldn't hold it against Tara and I'm sure she wouldn't hold it against me but there's definitely no sign of that is there for either of us at the moment we we both intend to carry it on and carry it on um so I have absolutely no doubt that in 2023 it will we will still be here doing what we do but by then yes I'd like to um us to have done some courses for sure um I'd love us to be doing it full time, to be honest. But obviously, we'd need some sort of financial support to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I in an ideal world, wouldn't <clears> it be great? Because then we could put everything into it. We could do a weekly podcast. We could we could do so much more than what we do now. But unfortunately, we have to pay the bills. We have to keep working, and that's quite difficult. So, live events would be good, wouldn't they? I mean, in twenty twenty, I think. 2023 like you mean sorry 2023 a live event would be really cool kind of a kick in the creatives live event somewhere that maybe was streamed streamed across the world <laughs> <laughs> no but no. i think oh do you know what it'd be lovely if we could maybe travel a little bit to talk about kick in the creatives and how creativity can change people's lives and yeah do a little bit of that but that's something i suppose you we're know. gonna have to go by train and boat you know <laughs> let's hope it's not america then <laughs> it'd take us three weeks to get there <laughs> no 
No, I, I think we were actually once, we very nearly kind of ended up coming to New York, didn't we? Yeah, we had the possibility a little while ago of um, someone, someone got in touch with us. I think they were kind of some sort of, I don't know if they're a marketing agency, but basically they would connect podcasters with sponsorship type people and they'd been approached by a client and we were one of the people they were semi-interested in they were talking to quite a few people I think and it would have meant that we'd have had to go to New York and be interviewed it was like a video interview (laughs) which we were both like wetting ourselves and also really excited about but it didn't come off anyway in the end it didn't come off in the end but that was sort of like a oh (laughs) wouldn't that be cool so who knows I mean I certainly think we'll be around, um, and it just all depends on other people. It depends people, if you get bored of me, I suppose, as well, doesn't and, it? And also, it depends whether, yeah. <laughs> it also depends on whether our listeners get bored of us, or whether they just think, Do you know what, I'm, these two, I'm fed up with these two waffling in my ears, I'm bored, moving on. <laughs> so we don't know. Maybe it all depends on you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? This could be two episodes. We've talked so much. I know, I know. Maybe it should be two episodes. Maybe <laughs> it we... might have to be. I just yeah. don't know. I'm going to go back when I edit it and see how long it yeah. is. But for now, we are taking a break for Christmas like we did last year. And we'll be back on the 13th of January with an episode all about the power of continuous practice. So don't forget to pop over to our website at kickingthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our up coming challenges for 2020 and of course there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and if you're enjoying the podcast we would be so grateful if you would leave us a little review on itunes or even just a star rating if you don't have much time they really do mean the world and so if you're not on itunes do us a favor and just tell a friend about the podcast or maybe just share it on the social media for us just so other people get to hear the rubbish that we talk during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so also don't forget to check out our supportive Facebook group. Lots going in there, loads of art being posted, lots of advice from different people. And you might also want to check out and subscribe to our weekly YouTube videos. They're called Art Kick Sunday on our Kicking the Creatives YouTube channel. And the videos are lighthearted and fun and we're going to mix those up a bit. So we're going to have some of the slightly lunaticy ones and then somewhere we're just drawing with sort of a time lapse type thing. So check those out. And don't forget, if you enjoy what we do and you like to help support us here at Kick in the Creatives, you can now support us by buying us a coffee. And you can find the link on our website. It's on the right sidebar at the top and it says Kofi. You can click on there and you can buy us a coffee. We'd so appreciate it. And if you do, we will video ourselves with a frothy coffee moustache just for you to say thank you. And that's it. It's going to be Christmas. It's going to be Christmas soon, Tara. Yeah, happy Christmas. (laughs) Happy Christmas. Yay. (laughs) Have a good one, everyone. Bye. See you in January. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon.